you're always going to get people that will unsubscribe right away because they just want the ebook and that's fine. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bay. What particular challenges are solopreneurs facing with digital marketing? Is it possible for solopreneurs to be everywhere? And how does content marketing integrate with email marketing? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Camilla Gornia. Camilla, welcome to DMR. Hi, David. How are you? Very good, thanks. And um, all the better for you joining me today. <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> well, Camilla is a business coach who works with uh, passion-driven solopreneurs to get their mission and message into the world through specific online marketing strategies and mindset support. So, Camilla, what's the biggest digital marketing mistake that you see solopreneurs making at the moment? You know, I see a lot of solopreneurs really trying to spread themselves a little bit too thin. Uh, especially with with marketing, they think that they can do it all at the same time or learn it all at the same time, which is, I'm sure you know, not really the case. You can't learn every single thing uh, and do it well uh, right off the bat. And I see a lot of people trying to, um, you know, be an expert in every single field and then they kind of just don't succeed at any of it. Okay, um, so not a good idea to try and be everywhere. Um, does that mean that um, it's not a great idea for solopreneurs to be, for instance, on every social network out there? You know, no, that's not necessarily what I mean. I think it's great to be on a lot of the social, you know, my most of my background is in social media. So I definitely recommend being on social media. What I don't recommend is if you have no idea what social media is and having no uh, background knowledge about any of it is to start it all at the same time and not get comfortable with one before moving to the next. Okay, okay. Um, so um, in terms of what network to start off with then, um, should that depend on the individual business or is there one social network that's, that's doing particularly well for solopreneurs at the moment? You know, I always say that it really depends on who they're targeting, like who their audience is, what their goals are, and what their current knowledge of the social sphere is. I do, most of my clients, you know, I recommend them start off with Facebook because at least they're comfortable with that already, or for the most part are. Mm. Um, before moving on to Twitter is another big one. I think that, you know, they can actually create connections with other solopreneurs and, and kind of move on from there. So start off with Facebook, uh, probably because that was, that's what you're comfortable with. Um, to be honest with you myself, um, I prefer Twitter and I, I don't particularly yeah. like Facebook. But um, <laughs> um, I guess um, it's a case of um, at least distributing your content um, to those different networks and seeing where people are interacting with that um, mm -hmm. and then being where your customers want to be as opposed to maybe what networks you like yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I personally love Twitter the most. That's my favorite one. Um, yeah, I feel like, and again, this, this really depends on who you're targeting and like what your business is. So a lot of the people I work with um, are different coaches, uh, maybe web designers, and a lot of people that are really service-based. So a lot of the people that they're targeting are, or at least for my clients, are probably up to like 45 years old. So that target is still on Facebook, like they're still pretty comfortable. And there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of interact with those people through. And that, I don't just mean 
your Facebook page. I mean, like your face, you know, the Facebook groups that, that exist that you can kind of uh, interject yourself into and uh, create relationships that way. I'm really all about relationship building, especially for solopreneurs, since it's it's so important that you have, um, you know, others that you can potentially grow with. Uh, I think it's really important. Okay, so um, if someone comes to you for the first time, um, they're pers- potentially going to be a client of yours. Um, what would you say um, tend to be the biggest challenges that, that they're facing uh, before you assist them? So they just like are completely overwhelmed with marketing in general usually. Uh, they don't really know why it's not working. They don't really know how to convert their potential you know, followers or potential people that are contacting them into uh, their clients or customers. Uh, and they just, they don't really see, you know, since they are solopreneurs, since they don't have a huge team with them, you know, most of them have, have maybe like up to three virtual assistants. Uh, they, it's easy for them to kind of lose sight of why they're doing this when it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily like bringing them results. Mm. I remember the, um, the, the, the old great um, marketing guru, or maybe not so old, but uh, Jay Abraham um, saying that um, um, what a business owner needs to focus on is marketing and innovation. And those are the mm-hmm. two most important areas to focus on. And I guess by the sound of what you're saying is they're, they're losing um, touch of that and they tend to focus on perhaps the operations or the day-to-day yeah. um, dealing with customers as opposed to building their businesses. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And and in terms of the structure that they already have in place in their businesses, do, do most businesses that you deal with use WordPress um, as a content management system? Are, are they using? Yeah. Yes, they, they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, are, are they quite comfortable in dealing with that or have they had someone else set that up for them in general? A lot of people that I work with do have experience with with at least some experience with WordPress since I do usually give them some um, more tactical kind of uh, tips about content marketing and like WordPress kind of management. I would prefer that they are comfortable with with their platform. I tend not to work with people that are completely new to every single thing just because it can be it's just not really a good fit for me since I you know I, I am very heavy on that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think it it has to be a fit, obviously, as well. But WordPress is the predominant thing that I recommend for for my clients. And I think it's easy and that's what I use myself. So I'm interested in this this concept um, of solopreneurs because um, it's it really is a vastly growing area. Um, in terms of um, the type of business owner, um, because a lot of business owners in the past wanted to build massive companies. Um, mm-hmm. But um, a solopreneur tends to rely on systems and virtual assistants to get mm-hmm. to where they want to go. Um, do you think that um, it is the ultimate aim of a solopreneur to build themselves into a big, big business? Um, or are they generally happy with them? Um, remaining themselves as the, the the main face of the business and really the the, the, the own the only main employee of the business or or, or do, do you have the intention to to build a big team of employees as well you know most of the people that i uh, come into contact with that are solopreneurs or they consider themselves solopreneurs they tend to not want to grow into a huge company they enjoy having just a few virtual assistants under them helping them and what I've noticed is they really just want to carry on 
with their face as the main person of the brand and not necessarily, you know, taking on a ton of employees and things like that. It, it probably would depend. I think it's, I think it's also because, you know, the people that I have talked to are more service-based again. So it really depends on the work that they do They're It's the work that they do is kind of rely on them. And, you know, one of the things about a solopreneur, a lot of times is you're kind of a perfectionist and, uh, it's maybe it's partly that it's hard to delegate things so that, you know, there's obviously a lot of reasons why someone would be, want to be a solopreneur, but you know, that, that could be a part of that as well. Okay. And, um, one of the main marketing tasks, um, if you are a solopreneur is the production of content and the publishing of content to get people to find you. Um, is it um, something that um, a solopreneur has to do themselves um, or can this be outsourced as well, do you think? I think it definitely can be outsourced if, if the person doesn't like writing or doesn't like producing content. Uh, you know, as you know, I'm a huge proponent of content marketing and I, I think it's really important. Uh but if the person really hates it, you know, there's obviously other ways to, to go about that. Um, I usually recommend, I usually for my solopreneur clients, I do recommend that they do that, at least start uh, doing things themselves. So they, you know, they can develop the voice, the tone and really show their presence through that. And if they don't really like writing, they can maybe create videos or podcasts and then have someone transcribe everything. Um, so that's another option that they could do. Um, if they really hate the whole process of content publishing or creation, uh, you know, there's ghost writers, there's guest bloggers that you could potentially, uh, look into using for, for sure. So, um, how does the overall content marketing picture integrate with email marketing though? Because, um, um, I guess a business still has to focus on, on building their own database, their, their own, Mm -hmm. um, leads. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously having a lead magnet to, to get leads is a good idea to start. But, but by, lead, it's, by lead magnet, you mean um, an e-book in like exchange an, for opt-in? Yeah, like an opt-in freebie or something like that, uh, that people, you know, give asking, asking people for their email address in exchange for like report or like a special video and ebook, things like that. Um, that would be still related to what the brand is all about and what the, uh, what a lot of the content would be on the, on the blog or the website. And, um, is, um, something like MailChimp an an appropriate email, um, marketing software to use for solopreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. I think MailChimp is super easy to use. Um, it, has a nice interface and everything. I a lot of people that I work with use Mailchimp. So yeah, you know, integrating that with with email and content, um, and then when you're actually keeping in contact with these people, making sure that you're emailing them on a consistent basis and uh, really building that rapport, I think is really interest. Uh, it's really important for for a solopreneur. So when you have the new blog posts or different content pieces that you're publishing on onto your website, you know, letting the the subscribers know, Hey, this is what I posted. Here's a little tidbit that you can see. Maybe you could read through and you know, when they read more things that you've published and they kind of, you pop into their email inbox a little bit more often than like once a month, uh, you start to build that trust and that rapport and and that's when people really start liking you and hopefully starting to recommend you um, as whatever it is that you do and you know wanting to work with you if they're not ready just yet. 
Okay, so you're a bit of a fan of um, uh, WordPress by the sound of it. Um, is there any particular theme that you favor? Um, I don't think there's any particular theme. I, you know, I like the one that I'm using and it's been a little bit customized, but I use um, the Elegant themes. So it's one of those. Mm. It's a Divi theme. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I love it. I, <laughs> I started just like, creating it myself and then uh, had someone just add some final touches. But yeah. <laughs> And what about encouraging people to opt in um, to your list? Because um, so, so you mentioned a lead magnet, um, so offering mm-hmm. an, e- an e-book. Um, but what about the position of the opt-in? Are you a fan of um, popovers um, or is that too aggressive marketing? Um, are there better places to actually be focusing on within your blog or your site um, to encourage people to opt in? Yeah, so I actually wrote a whole post about this on my blog. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think using whatever works, it doesn't really have to be. So, for example, for pop up for pop ups, um, I do have them and I think they're amazing. Like everybody needs to have a pop up. They just have to have the right settings. So probably if you're navigating to a new page and then there's a, a pop up right away, you know, that is aggressive and no one's going to sign up because it's just like, OK, how, why would I sign up if I didn't even read the post yet? How do I know if I want to be on your list? And then you're asking me for my email address. Like, that's too much. Um, however, for pop up specifically, a good way if someone's, you know, the exit intent is a good thing to look for. Mm. So if someone is uh, potentially going to leave your site and then the the plugin can see, can, can feel, or, you know, however they, they use their magic, <laughs> they, they can tell that their user is about to leave and then the pop-up appears. Or another thing is once the person scrolls down enough down the page, that means they've read the, the posts or, you know, seemingly so, then the pop-up appears. Okay, so you enjoyed this article. This is where you should, this is the next step for you. Sign up. Ah, right. Okay. So I'm, I'm on your site at the moment, actually, camillagornio.com. And um, I'm just trying to trying to make the pop-up appear. And um, it, it, If you go uh, into any post, it, um, it, there should be one. Yes, no, absolutely. It was um, it was just three quarters down the page, scrolling down, and, and then it appeared. So, so, so that's a more elegant way of, of, of dealing with that situation, because obviously everyone dislikes it when you land on a website for the first time and you can't actually read the blog post that you were attracted by because you're just surrounded by pop-ups. Yeah, so like I said, it's just, you know, the exit intent and having it not show up right away and then you're good. I honestly don't think people should not use them because they are so effective. Okay, and uh, is it, um, there's a pop-over called Optin Monster, I think. Is that what you use or do you use something else? No, I actually, man, I completely forgot. I do <laughs> not use that one. I think I use Pippity, uh, which is another pop-up um, plug-in. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of experimenting with different ones. This is the one I'm using right now. Um, I am looking into seeing something different that has a little bit more options, but, you know, I'm not too... Uh, it, it's pretty good right now. But, yeah, it's interesting because on my website, I actually don't have an opt-in um, freebie just yet. Uh, I have opt-in or opt-in freebies and, like, lead magnets on because I have a, the content course, which is a content marketing course for lifestyle and wellness entrepreneurs that I'm releasing probably early 2015. And I have um, an, an ebook there uh, that people can just sign up for. Um, but in terms of capturing leads, I do a lot of webinars on my website right now. And I have had good 
result with just people signing up without giving them anything right now. So mm. I haven't felt the the need to create an opt-in uh, lead magnet just yet. Uh, but it's definitely something that I'm planning and doing very soon. Yes, I mean, it's certainly something that, that, that does work. Um, I remember um, quite a while ago, I, I published um, quite a large ebook. And it was only a one-page website it had, but I was getting opt-in percentages of, of, of about 40% um, nice. of people landing on that page. So if, if if that's your one call to action, then you can have a massive Absolutely. opt-in rate. Yeah. But then, of course, you've, you've also got to question the quality of, of your opt-ins then as well, because people are per- yeah. perhaps opting in just for the book, and that's their only intention. They might even be giving you a junk email address that they don't use for anything else. So what I do with that, um, so the other... My content marketing course, it has its own URL. It's thecontentcourse.com. So for that, you know, I, because that, that is definitely a thing. So someone will type in their their name and their email, uh, and then they're directed to a thank you page. And the, the thing with that is to make sure that you don't include the link to the ebook on the thank you page, and you let them know somewhere on the on the landing page that, hey, we're going to send you the ebook to your email. So they have to give you the real email address. You're always you're always gonna get people that will unsubscribe right away because they just want the ebook and that's fine. And you want those people, you know, whatever. They're you're, they're still getting to know who you are. They're still getting to know your business, and they're just not ready to do business with you. And why should they be, you know, taking up room on your email marketing service or you know, since you're paying based on how many people you have, if you know they're not gonna ever purchase anything from you. So it's it's like thank you for for being upfront with me and you know, subscribing right away. <laughs> and of course, they can always opt in at some point in the future if, if, if they right, want to exactly. again. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, that's your thoughts on um, content marketing today for solopreneurs. But um, let's move on to the second section of our discussion, which um, looks at your thoughts on, on digital marketing in general, um, in, in terms of the past and also um, what's currently happening. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Huh, that is a great question. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, since I focus a lot on social media and that's really my specialty, um, I would say my social media management tools, pretty much all of them, uh, I use Sprout Social right now for management. But another two that I just, that I just recently started using that I well, maybe like a month or two ago, uh, that I I'm just obsessed with is Manage Flitter, and I don't know if you're familiar with it. Sorry, sorry, Twitter. Ma- Manage Twitter. Manage Flitter. Manage Flitter. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm and not it's aware a of that. Twitter yeah. management tool, and yeah, it's 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 so great. <laughs> you can like schedule things out and kind of it can have a recurring post, and then you can bulk engage with with uh, with people. It's it's. I mean, it's gotten me so many results. It's crazy. Right. Well, I'm using the Buffer app at the moment and quite enjoying that. Oh, I but... love Buffer too. Yeah. <laughs> so many good ones. <laughs> there are, there are. And what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the future? So speaking of email marketing, I definitely want to uh, start using Infusionsoft. And that's something that I'm probably going to um, start using early next year working into my budget a little bit mm. it's not a cheap <laughs> it's not a cheap platform uh but yeah i've heard really great things and it'd probably be a little bit more seamless with you know the crm integration and stuff like that so 
I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? First day I was trying to market a business online. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I was 12 years old <laughs> and social media did not exist yet. Mm. So I think, you know, for me, and that was when I first created my first website and my first venture really when I was, when I was 12. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had like volunteer employees that were work- helping me out and stuff. Um, I think... the, the, the web didn't exist when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had dial up internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's just knowing that what I was trying to do was marketing. I didn't actually realize that all the things that I was doing was marketing and I think if I knew that I would have more resources and like more knowledge that I could learn right off the bat I kind of had to learn as I went and kind of do a lot of trial and error and just experimentation and I thought I was just trying to grow the website I didn't know this was actually called marketing so I think you know if I actually found that out it would probably have saved me a lot of time and gave me um drove me to you know the way where I wanted to be much faster (laughs) Best advice I've ever received. What's the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? I think it's just to make really true connections with with your potential customers, always speaking to them in a way that they can relate to and not not really speaking in a collective manner. So especially when it comes to email marketing and um, even social on, on some in some aspects, but really speaking to one person, you know, treating them like you're, they're your best friend and really making them feel comfortable so they can really create that relationship with you, I think is the most important thing. So speaking to one person, does that mean you're also a fan of, of building an avatar of that one person, uh, yes. giving the person a name and um, yes. So, so how do you go about doing that then? Uh, a lot of surveys of people that you, are your ideal clients and getting some of the information that you would want to no, um, it's really good to have all the information you could potentially ever need, you know, their dreams, their, their fears, uh, things like that. And really creating just an image of that person and, you know, I, like an avatar, uh, giving her a name, age, uh, all the different things. And really, whenever you create a piece of content, you have that person in mind. So, you know, you're speaking exactly to that person's fears and dreams and hopes and challenges so they can really one that person is reading it or even someone that's not even that person but it's still a person usually there's more similarities than not and then they can really relate and really feel like you're you're hitting home for with with the content that you're producing so so in terms of the the production of content um we were talking about content marketing but there's lots of different types of content marketing what um, marketing activity um is actually working best for you at the moment uh, I would say blogging is, you know, it's been getting me a lot of, um, a lot of prospects, a lot of clients, you know, making sure that I end everything with a call to action, obviously, but, um, I've gotten really good feedback on my blog. I try to always, again, I try to always be very authentic and, um, speaking to that one person and, uh, showing a little bit of the storytelling and more of a vulnerable kind of aspects too and making sure that they can relate and see where I come from and I've had really great um, feedback from that so I think that's what's working for best for me. I am trying to break into videos some, sometime soon maybe next maybe next month 
Um, so hopefully that will go pretty well too. Yeah, v- video is something that I've I've done a bit of in the past, and it's a it's um it's a beast that takes a lot of time investment as well. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've tend to tended to um, publish whole seminars and and done quite well with that. Like I, I think at the moment um, I've got a video that's number one on YouTube for digital marketing, which is nice. which is really nice. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think I think a more effective way to do it is to target longer tail keyword phrases and um, yeah. split them down into shorter videos. But that 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 comes down to more production time really as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've been using video for my other website, uh, my, my wellness website. And, you know, I, I think it's, I like it, you know, it's, it does take quite a bit of time um, in terms of, you know, production and actually coming up with everything. Uh, <laughs> and as a solopreneur, you know, it takes longer than it probably could have mm. with the team. Um, but I almost don't want to delegate this because I, you know, I come from a more I know I keep saying I come from all these different backgrounds. I have a very diverse background, um, but it's, I actually really enjoy video editing, and I, I've had a photography business for a couple of years as well. So it, there's a you know aspect of that that I like almost don't want to give away, but it does take a while. <laughs> mm, I think if you enjoy doing it and you do a good job at it and it positively impacts your business, then it's certainly worthwhile maybe doing it yourself. Because I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I edit the audio myself for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, because you've done the interviews yourself, you, you, know, you know what needs to be edited if necessary. And mm-hmm. um, you, you tend to do a slightly better job. And it probably makes you improve a little bit faster um, as a podcast host or just as someone that um, generally has discussions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely makes sense. So let's move on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round, 10 quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Yep. Okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Contact form. Website or app? Websites. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. Yay! So moving straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would probably run Facebook ads. And a lot of my people are on Facebook again. Um, Twitter ads, which I recently started using and I really like. Um, probably play around with... Am I able to like spread it out? Yes, why not? <laughs> Okay. Um, I would definitely, I haven't played around with Google Plus uh, post ads yet, and that's something I definitely want to look into. Um, So that would be another one that I would definitely see how I could expand on. Uh, Pinterest sponsored pins are, I heard, pretty interesting. I don't know if, if it's available for everybody yet, but, you know, in the, you know, I highly doubt you would actually give me all that money. So in that, in that world, I would probably be able to do that. <laughs> so, so I would uh it's just monopoly I would, money. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh try some some Pinterest sponsored pins in there. And 
yeah, I mean, I think I think that's really the main thing, just because I am a social media nerd and I, I like to um, be able to experiment and kind of, I think I would gain a lot of insight from, from this too and, you know, gain some results in that way. Um, potentially, you know, looking at like Outbrain and other uh, content marketing platforms that, you know, get your content out there, um, pay your, you know, by paying for it. It could be something, but I think most of it would just be spent on Facebook and, and Twitter uh, ads. So Pinterest sponsored pins. I, I don't think I've come across that one before. Uh, and I, I haven't used Pinterest an awful lot before, um, but um, I would imagine that I mean, you can have a URL that's associated with an image, can't you? So yes. it, it would just be the case of tracking the number of click-throughs from yep. a particular image that you have. Yeah, And, and you, yeah. Drive, you drive people back through to a blog post, would you? Yeah, um, I think it would depend on what exactly I'm driving. But I think since a lot of the blog posts I create, I create little like infographics with it. Um, and those are a lot more pin worthy than like a regular image. So that's probably something that would just get more click throughs. So I, I, I would say that I would probably drive people to a blog post and then, you know, making sure that there's a call to action that people can leave their email in there. It's interesting, actually, because um, when new forms um, or new advertising opportunities um, launch for the first time, generally it's a, it's a good idea to experiment straight away because um, I remember, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so when Google AdWords started and you get traffic through for a penny a click and um, mm. stumble upon as well, um, you could mm-hmm. get very decent traffic, you know, uh, for, for cheap when, when they're stumble upon advertising uh, launch. So that's, that's probably a very good shout to try Pinterest there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so just uh, finishing off with... My number one takeaway. So Camilla, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I would say it's to be more authentic with your potential customers and clients and really speak to them in a way that they would want to be spoken to. So, you know, leaving all the kind of stuffy talking behind and really making a true connection with people. Um, so then the, the like, um, trust and, you know, that factor is really being built from the very start. So stop using stuffy business speak and just speak as you would do face-to-face to your one true person. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Exactly. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, so you can definitely uh, check me out online. My website is uh, Um If you want to you know, learn more about the content course is thecontentcourse.com it's pretty simple um and i'm again my favorite thing on twitter is my my handle is xo cami k-a-m-m-i-e lovely well thanks again camila (laughs) thank you hey thanks so much for joining us today on digital marketing radio remember you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast delivered as a weekly digital magazine automatically to your tablet or smartphone And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio. Digital Marketing Radio.